0: And I'm not ashamed to say. My practice does very well because I charge. Because veterinary medicine, I mean, you got to charge what you're worth.
1: Welcome back to That Vet Life, a podcast for veterinary mentors and mentees. My name is Dr. Mariah McCauley, and we are back for a new season full of inspiring episodes. This week, I am talking with one of the hosts of the National Geographic popular show, Critter Fixers, Dr. Bernard Hodges i first heard bernard speak at the veterinary leadership conference a year ago and i was ecstatic to finally get to speak with him in person at this year's conference he is an absolutely incredible and kind veterinarian and encouraging mentor who is constantly looking at how he can inspire encourage and uplift those around him In today's episode, Bernard shares his mentorship story of how he came to fall in love with Vet Med and the amazing people he met along the way that inspired and challenged him to become the veterinarian and mentor he is today. We talk about how these experiences influenced his current mentorship style and what it has been like bringing new graduates into his practice. Towards the end of the episode, Bernard shares how the popularity of Critter Fixers has provided a gateway for him to share his love of veterinary medicine and inspire the next generation through a program that allows kids from all over the U.S. to experience what it's like to be a vet for a day. I left this conversation full of inspiration and joy for the profession, and I can't wait to share it with all of you. With that, let's jump into it. All right. Well, Bernard, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I like just the amount of laughing that we've done in the 30 seconds leading up to hitting record. I don't know if I'm afraid or excited about where this is going to go.
0: It can definitely go in a way. And I'm, I'm very anywhere. thankful to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: <laughs> so we are talking about mentorship, which is, of course, the focus of this entire podcast. And last year at the Veterinary Leadership Conference, I had the opportunity to hear you talk about your mentorship story and just the impact That different individuals had on your journey through veterinary medicine and I was like I gotta get this guy in the podcast so the fact that we are here again at VLC 2023 and I get to talk to you like I am insanely excited to hear your mentorship story and to share that with more veterinary students and new grads and pre-vet students because I know we have a long story to get through. Let's go way back in time. Right. We're going to go back to childhood.
0: Go back to childhood. Tell us
1: where this all started.
0: So, the thing everybody always hears is you got to be incredibly smart to be a veterinarian. This seems to be the thing. And I sometimes wonder, like, mm, I might not be incredibly smart, but I love animals I want to be a veterinarian. So, you know, as a kid growing up in rural Georgia, you know, people think of Georgia, they think of Atlanta, but it's Atlanta and everywhere else. And I was actually uh, in the everywhere else part. I was about an hour and a half south of Atlanta, but there definitely were not any uh, African-American veterinarians. And I didn't, really didn't have exposure to a, a lot of veterinarians. You know, everybody had animals, but I, I don't even remember, you know, us was going to, to a veterinarian or seeing my friends go, which was, you know, definitely different. But I just knew. You know, I loved aquatics. You know, I had this childhood dream. I was going to be the black Jacques Cousteau. I was going to go to the (laughs) deepest voyages. But back to the smart thing and being good enough. You know, I mean, one of my things I'll never forget is when I looked at my report card and they say it failed. You know, here you have this kid, this black kid in in rural Georgia living in the trailer park with failing grades. It's no way you would think that, uh, you know, you would be able to send to the platform I have now. But, you know, the thing is, I had mentors. I had a high school counselor who said, look, look here, kid, you love animals. You got potential. You stay out of trouble. You got to go ahead and buckle down and take this serious. You are smart. And I was able to get those grades up to, you know, I was able to get them up to maybe a high C, C+. Plus. So I applied to college, and I, I was fortunate to get in the local college, Fort Valley. And from there, I met the most incredible mentor in the world. I still talk to her, you know, almost weekly. Her name is Dr. Melinda Davis. Dr. Davis was actually uh, a Caucasian woman from Oklahoma.
1: Oklahoma, she, okay. Yeah,
0: she moved, and she moved down. She came down to Georgia and, you know, came down to this small HBCU, and, uh, you know, she was over aquatics and fisheries biology. So, you know, I majored in fisheries, you know, and I was fortunate enough to do different projects. But, you know, a lot of times it's finding that way and finding that mentor to help you achieve the goals you want. Now she was smart enough to know I probably was not going to get that 3.75 to get in. You know, I, I would study hard and, um, you know, I'd make an A here, probably more B's and C's, but she figured out a way along with me. She had a talk of how do you make yourself competitive? And that's what we all have to do. That's what I do. You know, I mean, that's what I do now. I mean, you know, in a different fast, I figure mm-hmm. out a way to even the playing field. For me, if you think about uh, Nepal, which is a small country in Southeast Asia, as a 20-year-old kid, I helped put a project together through the Agency for International Development. And what it was, you know, a lot of times since it's Hindu and, and a lot of those nationalities, they don't eat beef or cows or even yaks they have over there you know just because of religious reasons but they need a cheap source of protein and there's really not a cheaper source of protein than fish because you can feed fish and in this case carp phytoplankton and phytoplankton grows Mm -hmm. because of the sun you know you so as we were getting the fish we just needed to know where to suspend the cages so that the fish could grow to their peak levels so i helped put together their project i went over to nepal i worked and we fed a village in Nepal. And it still goes on today. Oh, that's so, so cool. Right. So I got an interview at Tuskegee University Vet School, you know. And I may not be the most competitive kid in the stack of yeses or noes, but I guarantee you there wasn't a kid in that stack of yeses and noes that had fed a village in Nepal. Nepal, yeah. <laughs> so I got in veterinary school and they want not get me out of there after that. So it's just about finding that mentor and finding that way to help that kid uh Achieve the level of success that they are willing to work hard to. And that's one of the things I'm all about. And that's because I've lived that experience.
1: Absolutely. And was it Dr. Davis that was like, you definitely need to go towards veterinary medicine versus like a different area of working with animals?
0: She was. She was like, okay, listen. She was like, you want to work with uh, all different species. I know you really like fish. I know you like the aquatics. She said, but you love all animals, you know, cows, which cows really are my favorite animals, by the way. She was like, look, as a veterinarian, it can be very diverse. You know, you could do it all. And I do that all in my practice today. I mean, when I left and came to Chicago, literally there was a peacock that I had just cured from pneumonia. There was a snake with a mouth rot. Uh, I think, you know, there was a time when maybe I didn't see many rabbits, but I was talking to my surgical tech and we probably do surgery on Seven to ten rabbits a week now. Oh, my goodness. So, we see a lot lot of rabbits. Yeah, see a lot of rabbits. So, those are the things, you know, I mean, she pushed me that way. So, that mentorship and her guidance and her belief. Because, listen, you got a kid who's on the bubble at best. and I'm giving myself credit for being on the bubble at best. You're trying to get into and, and succeed and strive. in one of the most difficult professors, you know, profession there is. And you hear people oftentimes say, well, this person told me I couldn't do it. She told me I could. And that's why my mission now is to tell all the kids around the world they can.
1: And was that an influence that you had in other areas of your life?
0: Oh, for sure. Okay. Definitely. I found the more you do, the more confidence you get. I always had a, a thought I wanted to have my own cattle farm. So you know, I bought three hundred acres, and now I have a, a cattle farm with over a hundred registered Angus cows. There you go. I always wanted to have a a doggy daycare because you know, as a veterinary facility, you know, oftentimes early, you know, I have about a fourteen thousand square foot facility, and, and earlier, you know, we did board quite a bit, but I saw that people were like, we really want, you know, we want the cameras, we want, and there was a need, so. You know, I build an 8,000 square foot uh, doggy daycare because <laughs> I want to, I want to give clients and, you know, give them something that, that they strive and also want the challenges. You know, one thing about it, I, at this point in life, it's all about challenges for me. And that's one of the things I challenge kids, you know, mentorship is absolutely vital. And one thought was, and this idea was born out of a mop closet. Mm-hmm. And I tell this story often. So, My partner, Dr. Terrence Ferguson, we met in veterinary school 30 years ago. And honestly, and people look at me when I say this, we have not had one single argument in 30 years.
1: Seriously. Never.
0: Not one. I'm sure he's gotten on my nerves. And I'm sure I have (laughs) gotten on his, but we've never had. Because honestly, it's all about respect. I have so much respect for him as a person, as a veterinarian, that... You know, I mean, we were friends. We met in undergrad. We had no idea that we would become uh, veterinary partners. You know, we never talked about it in vet school. You know, it's just amazing how God sometimes put the people, you know, in the place where you're supposed to be. And so when I go talk to kids, I always say it's all about who you hook your wagon up to. And I was fortunate enough to hook my wagon up to some very good people throughout the years.
1: Absolutely. So we've talked about, like, growing up, getting into vet school. Like, what were your mentorship influences, like, as you went into clinical year and, like, that final year where you're like, holy crap, I actually have to graduate and start working? Like Yes. Because there's a lot that goes on there.
0: That's a lot that goes on there. You know, first couple years, you know, you're trying to kind of figure it out, like, okay, you know, I'm like, okay. Then you get to your third year where you got to start putting it together. You know, yeah. you got to figure out, like, okay, this is not a car. with well, a carburetor here uh, or this is here. <laughs> you got to say, okay, sometimes this animal, you know, things present. Differently, So I started trying to, to put that together and I have some great veterinary mentors. You know, one I can think of right off the top was Dr. Um, Newkirk. Dr. Newkirk, he would take us out in an ambulatory truck. And one of the things that stick to me today, and I, I often tell this story, I call it the stop, look and listen story. So stop, look and listen. So here I am, a senior veterinary student. I am going out. I am in. I'm in Alabama and at tuskegee so if you've ever been to alabama you know it gets really hot so i'm in alabama and we will go out into a field and lo and behold they're like 25 30 dead cows bloated smelly stinky yep rotten we all know
1: what that looks like yes
0: so i'm looking at the cows it's maybe four or five of us so yes what's wrong what happened to them cows I don't know. So of course we've taken the histologies and the microbiology and the some large animal and all this stuff. Kind of, so you know we throwing out all kinds of stuff. He said, Listen, get out of this truck, go over there. You guys oh, so you were necro- still
1: sitting in the we truck. We were still
0: sitting in the truck. Get <laughs> out go over there and do some kneecrops and figure out what's going on. And I'll never forget going over this one cow and a possum ran out of it. Oh it was gosh. and this possum was covered in blood and and gastric juices oh. and it was it was a smelly sight. So after about 45 minutes, he says, uh, so what's wrong? Why did these cows die? And we, again, gave him all kinds of things. He said, listen, you're going to join the greatest profession in the world. Stop, look, and listen. What's been going on? What's the weather like? What's going on? It's like, okay, it's been hot, but we got afternoon uh, thunderstorms rolling in. Mm -hmm. He said, now look at the top of that tree. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, you look at the top of the tree, it's burnt to a crisp. The cows went under the tree. They got electrocuted. And... uh, That's what happened, but that's why we should have stopped, looked Looked and and listened, and just kind of figured out. And so I always take that approach, even when clients come in and they kind of give me... I'm always looking and trying to make sure I listen and know exactly what's going on. So, you know, that's one of my... Senior veterinary moments, and uh, I must admit, it was a smelly lesson to learn from.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you had to spend forty-five minutes, yes, in a field with in dead a hot cows, Alabama and it was sun
0: hot. with bloated oh, man. cows. You're
1: never gonna forget that one. Man, never. never. <laughs> <laughs> and now there's a whole world of veterinary students who have now heard that story, and they did not have to experience the exactly. hot Alabama sun. Stop looking, listen. <laughs> oh dear. So, you get through clinical year, and then what? You're basically, okay, Where how did you start out in practice?
0: So, get to clinical year, and again, you know, we talked about there's Atlanta, and then there's the rest of Georgia. And being from the rest of Georgia, you know, at that time, there weren't really corporate Americans. Matter of fact, you know, I'm telling my age here, but I don't think Banfield even existed, you know? Probably not. Right. So, I I get out, and, you know, I, I had job offers in Atlanta and some of the bigger cities, but I wanted to come back home. So my partner and I put out our shingles. Probably not the smartest thing to do. <laughs> so we found an old paint shop and, uh, we went to Lowe's. Well, no. Yeah, it was Lowe's. That we went to Lowe's. We got some wood and we actually made, um, you know, little exam rooms. This place probably 800 square feet. I was his overpaid receptionist. He was my <laughs> overpaid, uh, you know, kennel attendant. And, you know, it's fortunate how things go full circle. Last avium, and I'm I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead. Yeah, that's okay. But we needed surgical tables. So this is a guy, Dr. McConnell. He had a, a medical supply company. Uh, he was from Tuskegee called the McConnell Group. And I hadn't met Dr. McConnell in the 20 years since. He actually sent us these surgical tables. No way. Yes. I was able to thank him last year.
1: That's insane. I had like-
0: ne- but what happened was... We talked to him. we was like, Doc, we don't have much. We don't. We don't really have any money. He said, "Tell you what, if you pay for shipping, I'll send you the tables."
1: Oh my gosh!
0: True story. And to this day, we use those surgical. Oh my and gosh! I remember peeling off the McConnell label maybe at the bottom, maybe a few mm-hmm. years ago, just because I guess he's off. Bo- or yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what's crazy is, I mean, I met this man, and it's almost like all he said was. I just want you guys to pay it for, and we're like, "Yes, sir, we will." Oh my god! But it was such an amazing, um, you know. I mean, I was able to put him on my Instagram. Yeah, man, it was such an amazing experience because I didn't know him. I had never met. All he knew was I was a Tuskegee young grad trying to open a practice. Yeah, and he sent me these tables. Oh my gosh! And we so now that I have the platform and CritterFix is in seventy three countries, those tables are being seen across the world. That's
1: insane. True story.
0: I love it. Totally that. true story. And I, again, I had never met the gentleman yeah. until last year at AVMA.
1: And like, that's a form of mentorship that people yes. don't always think about. But he literally was like, these people need my assistance. Yes. He provided that knowing that you were going to be able to do so much more, not just for those patients, but for like, maybe he didn't even know this, but like it would come to this level where you're now able to mentor other veterinary students when they come into your practice and they use those surgical tables. Like
0: Yes, we never physically met. I had no clue what he looked like. <laughs> I had no clue. Twenty-one years later, actually.
1: Twenty-one I met, years. I met him oh my at gosh. MMA
0: last year. That's the kind of um, mentorship, and and again, we, you know, we had this little practice. but We had nice tables. Yeah, nice shiny tables. Nice shiny tables. <laughs> After three and a half years, we uh, decided to branch out and build our own practice, and we kind of built a thirty-five hundred, four thousand square foot facility, and. Then it grew. We added on, and it became about 6,500 <laughs> square feet. And uh, now we added on about 5,000 square feet oh and added a surgical center in 2020. So that's a gift and the, in the yeah. curse of the show. I mean, it is, you know, you people think, like, man, you just on the show, da, da, da. It's, now I get people calling me all over the country, like, will you? And I try <laughs> to tell them, listen, there's got to be a great veterinarian between here and <laughs> in Seattle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. there great <laughs> venues are here in New York, so. But I mean, locally, it has blown the practice. But I am telling you, I am not adding on anymore. I am done. I am. I don't care how big it gets. I am not, I'm done <laughs> adding I am done with that part. If but, you add
1: on anymore, you're going to have to like get scooters to go from one exactly, end of the hospital exactly, to the other. A true
0: story. I mean, we got eleven exam rooms now. And now, what seven doctors? You know, and, and it's really cool to see because. We just hired two new grads who I met, one from Maryland and one from Florida. Okay. both Tuskegee, they came in as interns, and um, I didn't know them. They just kind of came in and said, and they came back, and it's like, Doc, I really enjoyed it, and would you be willing? And I was like, sure, of course mm-hmm. I'll hire you. So, you know, I knew I was going, but I ended up hiring Bo. But I mentored them, but I have three graduates who are older vets that started out with me as a technician. So it's very yeah. interesting. And, you know, I'm probably 15, 16 years ago who actually mentors them. I was teasing them last week. Like, you know, I was like, huh, the teacher's pet is teaching somebody else. <laughs> I said, she's my pet now. Yeah, yeah. It. So it is a very fulfilling thing at this point of my career. The 25 years snuck up on <laughs> It snuck up on me and I worked hard and oh, I had yeah. some some great things to happen. I had some not so great things to happen, but, you know i think they all worked out to the point where now i kind of am able to do the things that i love that you like and to now. do and yeah. that's 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 very warm
2: now before we get on with the episodes a quick word from today's show sponsor introducing the vet career concierge service It's an easy way to find your dream job, and it's a brilliantly simple concept. Instead of wasting time searching through thousands of practice jobs that might be a good fit, but frequently aren't, let the vet career concierge do the hard work. All you have to do is register, tell us all about your skills and what you're looking for from your next practice, then your career concierge goes to work filtering, matching and approaching only practices who are a good fit. If you like the sound of a practice and you want to meet, your concierge will coach you through the interview process, help with negotiations and work to ensure you have a smooth transition into practice when you accept a role. They'll even stay in touch with scheduled career check-ins to make sure you're happy. The service is open to vets and vet nurses with at least one year in practice and legally able to work in the US, Canada, UK, EU, or Australia. To register, visit vetexinternational.com forward slash jobs and all registrants will be entered into a prize draw where you could win an Apple Watch, Magnum of Champagne, or one of several Amazon gift cards. Registration and membership is free for vets and nurses. So head to vetexinternational.com forward slash jobs to sign up today now back to the show
1: and like there's this whole time frame where like it feels like okay you just graduated three and a half years you started to build out and then here we are but there's a lot of hard work and challenge that got up to here and now you're in this position where you can look back on all those mentors that you had that we like, okay, how are we going to help this kid get to where yes. he needs to go? And so you're many. turning that around. And so I'm I'm kind of curious, like looking at the process of mentoring these new grads, like what were things that were going through your head? Because it's not like you had any formal like mentorship training. None. You were just like, I have a new grad. How did you figure out what they needed to succeed?
0: So every day is a figure out what they need. I mean, down from how to kind of fill out Paperwork, how to maybe start some, you know, fill out their insurance paperwork, maybe how to even do their investments. But really I try to nurture the whole person. There's probably not a week that goes by. If I'm in the clinic that I don't call them to my office a couple of times. And it's always one is kidding, one I literally ask them how are they doing? And what they think about vet. Med. And then I'll say, you know, I mean, I'll say, okay. And I actually, what was it, today? So two days ago, I can remember, I did not just thought about this, my two new grads who are really coming along very well, I told them, I said, listen, I said, I want y'all to start discussing cases with each other because I found they were coming to, which they can come to me and they can go to advance. I was like, but, you know, you guys are getting different cases. You know, I, yeah. I think one of them was looking at a, a aspiration pneumonia case. And I was like, you know, you can discuss this with me, but I want you to discuss it with her and talk yeah. to them. And their thing was... Doc, we talk about it. I talk about a different case, and I give them the eye. I call the I. I kind of look at them. Yeah. And they say, yes, sir, we will. But, <laughs> but basically what I'm saying is sometimes it's simple things. Yeah. Sometimes, you are you know, I always say don't look for – zebras look for horses. So yeah. my thought is if the small thing – y'all kind of discuss it. You got time. I want y'all to make sure you guys are – or making sure you mentor each other because that's very important as well. You know, your first-year grads. you know, you got – Some challenges, you got other things. I mean, I want y'all to make sure. And uh, it's like, we will. But I try to be a good boss. I literally, you know, after spending 80 to 100 hours a week in the clinic for uh, 15, 16 years, sometimes I find myself just working a regular 35, (laughs) 40-hour work. We can sometimes, if I have to go out and film, maybe 25, but I'll text them and it's something funny. And I got those two new grads in a text group, I was like, I appreciate it. I really tell them I am thankful.
1: That's so good. Because
0: I am so thankful for them. And if you went to them and asked, they will tell you the same thing. Because, I mean, listen, it, we family. This is a hard enough thing. And, I, you know, I just try to pull them aside and say, you know, I appreciate you. And also I want to know how their mental health Because this is not an easy It's Not profession. easy, no. This is not an easy profession. And, of course, I kid them all the time because it's just my personality. <laughs> I told them they had not spent the Christmas in the hospital yet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can remember, and I'm glad we have an emergency clinic there now. But there was an emergency clinic. For not the all the time, yeah. yeah. For the first 20 years, it wasn't an emergency it clinic. It was you. <laughs> it was me. So, you know, I can remember going up on the, into the clinic one year in a tuxedo on New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, you know, that's the commitment. And yeah. that's, you know. But I'll tease them about different things. But you got to look at the whole person. A lot of times, you know, I I feel like I've been put in a position where I can help other people and where I can help them and I can mentor them and start a legacy. And my legacy is all about trying to make sure I lead good in this world.
1: That is awesome. And, like, just hearing what you're saying about that, just coming from, because I'm in my third year out in practice right now, and to have a mentor who... Like, there are different types of mentors, and I've come across a few different ones just in the last short years. And I've had one person that I have not heard one good thing out of her mouth. Like, she never compliments anything that I do, but she will find the littlest thing right. and be like, you're doing that wrong. And so I don't really take her advice because right. I'm like you don't have anything good for me to say. And you can tell like that that just eats away at you. Right. But I have had other mentors and I will say like my current mentor at my practice, he's just amazing and like to have someone like yourself who tells them like I'm thankful for you. You're doing a good job. Like even if it's something little like good blood like stick yeah, on that dog sure. like little things like that. That helps build a new grad's confidence in ways you can't even expect because like everything is new to them everything right. is scary to them to right. have someone say i know you've done 20 great sticks already but that one was awesome keep going and they're like oh oh i'm actually going to get compliments from this person too yeah. and it builds the level of respect that they have for you and for sure. strengthens that relationship in a way that people forget about so
0: but it, it took a lot you know i mean i, I wrote a book in 17, it's amazing. So in 17, I wrote a best-selling book. And I'm, I'm, it's not a plot, but it's it's a thing. Yeah. I thought, and I'm just going to come back to another thought. And one of the chapters in there was how to become a good boss. Because I wasn't always. I mean, it took time for me to learn. I mean, I, I wasn't a berating type person because I've always been positive. But I'll be honest. I, I have thrown a hemostat across the room before. <laughs> oh, no. I have. Not at anybody. <laughs> not at anybody. But it was more like... Just the frustration, yeah. But those things took time to learn. Yeah. Because the inner person in me is a nice person, but sometimes I didn't know how to handle frustration. And I, I wrote a whole chapter talking about how to become a good boss because it took me time. And then, even with, you know, we talk about veterinarians, you got vet techs in there. You know, now I find myself with about 50 or 60. And it's not lost on them that the clinic is doing well and that I am doing well. But the person who is an hourly person is not. They're smart. They know they're busting their butt to make this clinic. So they all get huge Christmas bonus. They all get bonuses. They all, you know what I'm saying? I, they all make higher than the normals because I am smart enough to understand these people have to live. And yeah, and I've been quite successful. So I passed that success on, you know what I'm saying? Being selfish is definitely not the way to this. You know, we always talk about the, the financial aspects of veterinary practice. And I'm not ashamed to say my practice does very well because I charge because veneer medicine, I mean, you got to charge what you're worth. I mean, and that's the thing I try to tell when I talk to owners like, look, you got to charge the things you work because, you know, I mean, if it's cold, I am paying that guy whatever it takes to yeah. get that. You know, I mean, those are the things you have to do. Yes. But we're going to go back to December 17th of 2017. Okay. So I wrote the book. Everything went fine. I mean, I went around the country from New York talking about it. everything was going well. But the reason I wrote it, it was called Bet On Yourself. And the reason I wrote Bet On Yourself was because of, one, my journey. And, two, I thought, man, I've achieved very, about as much as I think I want to achieve in fit. Man, I still have to practice. I still have these people. But I'm going to go do some other things. You know, I got this ranch. I got real estate. I got some other things that I, I want to pursue. But it's amazing how God plays tricks. So I get this DM, which I didn't really even understand is DM on Instagram. <laughs> so this DM was March 6, 2018, and I still have it saved. So we're talking three months. Everything's going well. I'm doing this book tour. I'm thinking, okay. And the last thing chapter in this thing was I am going to Europe and backpack. I've never been able to afford to go to Europe. When I first started, now I can go to Europe. I can do whatever yeah. I want. And I still hang on to yard, by the way. <laughs> I get a DM that says, Dr. Hodges, would you be interested in a TV show? So, I do what anybody else would do. I ignore it. Yeah, right? Because
1: you're so like, this, this is weird. This,
0: is, this guy was persistent. So, I said, fine. So, then I talked to my partner. I said, man, this uh, guy's talking about a TV show. Let's see where this goes. So, we talked. And then they like, we want to come down and shoot for a week. And we shot for a week. And they said, we'll get back. Usually, the, you know, we're going to talk to the network. Usually, this might take six months, a year. I was like, right, fine, go back to practicing, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm gonna be in your. <laughs> I get a call about three weeks later saying, National Geographic, why well, I want you to do this series. So and you're like,
1: hold up, what?
0: <laughs> is that right? And that's what exactly, that is exactly what I said. And the second question was, do you have an agent? And I'm like, why would I need an you're agent? An agent? Right? right. So we do the six. And, you know, we do, do the 12, and now last, we did 24, and now we're, you know, in How season five. How many seasons? Five. Yeah, five. Uh, So, after doing this, you know, and then Disney Plus, you own in all these countries. Yeah. But my thought, I have to look back. And financially, mentally, I was ready to go part-time in veterinary medicine. And I work on a lot more now, but... <laughs> In different facets. Yeah. But, you know, it's almost like God said, it's not for me. I am going to give you a platform to do so many things in veterinary medicine. Because if it had been monetary, if it was just for money, if someone said, I'm going to give you, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. But it's like something so out of the ordinary and so extraordinary and so crazy. I'm going to take your country butt from rural Georgia and I'm going to put you all over the world. I love that. And give you a platform. That's so great. So, and so, it's, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just unbelievable. Because I, I had to think, like, why, why am I? What, like, I'm a veterinarian. I mean, I treat animals. Yeah. I've been fortunate enough to treat animals. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to do it well. And I'm just gonna kick back. But it's like, nah, bro. They're like, no, no, I got something else for you. I got something else for you. Then we got this platform, like, and all these little boys and little girls from they write me, and it's they like. I get, I, I mean, I can't believe I get fan mail. So, I, I st- first <laughs> it was one here. One, I am sure I get 10, 12 pieces of fan mail a day. And then, you know, it was Christmas. We got all these Christmas cards from, you know, I look at the Christmas cards and I always got them from my clients, but not from, Washington and California and Virginia and yeah, all these. And all over. You know, when you was like third, fourth grade, you got the yeah. big, the paper with the big lines. Yes. And you get the kids who write you and say, So what's your favorite animal? So, and I always oh, try to respond, yeah. you know, so you, you know what I'm saying? So you respond, you, it is an amazing feeling. And I really feel blessed to even be in a position to even be a mentor for all these kids.
1: Yeah. It's, oh my gosh, that's a whole nother level that, because oh, we always think about like there, I could talk about like plus minus and equals mentorship where
0: right.
1: at any given point in your career you should have someone who is like m- plus more experienced more knowledgeable than you to be a mentor equals which is kind of like your two new grads where they're mentoring each other but then also like that minus aspect where you should be mentoring and that's a beautiful thing about mentorship is that there is not one perfect definition for it. So in like, in your case, like you said, you get to mentor all of these little kids that this is their first interaction with veterinary medicine. Like for me growing up, my first interaction was James Harriet. Okay, great. So like that was that. And so that is part of the reason I wanted to become a vet. And then of course, growing up and getting to live in the UK and do part of that. But for you, like you literally get these kids that, this is their first interaction. Their they first haven't interaction. seen anything else. And to have someone who is so on fire for the profession, for these animals, for teaching other people about it, like, like what more could you ask for?
0: It's, it's an amazing feeling that I don't take it lightly. I mean, I literally even ordered like some cards so I can just kind of scribble. I mean, hopefully they can read my handwriting, but I try to always <laughs> write them back. You know, it's, it's, it's such an amazing feeling. So, what do you do with that platform? Yeah, what do you do? do What's the next thing? you got this platform, right? So, you got this platform. And you have these kids. And you say, listen. And to yourself, grandmama, mama are emailing you and taking and say, look, my baby want to be a veterinarian, da, 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 da. Fantastic. But when you're getting 50 of them, you cannot do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, you see. And this idea started out of a mop closet. I remember being in the mob closet looking for something. I called because we have more than one practice now. So Dr. Yeah. Ferguson is over there. I'm like, hey, man. I call him T. Hey, T. I got an idea, bro. He like, what you got? I say, man, let's let's just do something like a vet for a day where we let kids mentor us. And, you know, me, if people see me, I, I like to have fun and goof. I'm thinking we'll do surgery and have fun. But yeah. he's like, yeah. But you know what? We got to have an educational component. And he's like, you're right. So what we did was a vet for a day at our clinic, and it ended up being like 60 kids from four different states. We put some, we put it out on our social medias. Okay. So the kids came. It was a big hit. It a success. What we did, it was twofold. So I'm always thinking, how can I help? So I called the, the local shelter, who I still do stuff with, because they were instrumental in helping me get started. So I said, listen, I'm going to spay and neuter. 10 animals. I'm going to have some kids watching, but I'm going to do them for free on a Saturday. I said, drop them off. And it was like, sure. So that one, that helps, helps spend new some animals exactly. for them. Two, it also gives me pets to show the kids as well as do endoscopes. And, you know, just kind of do some things. Uh, I called my friends at Idex. I said, listen, I'm sure y'all got old FIV tests and heart room tests. Right, that said, right, expired way, Right, expired. I said, I need some. So my, they dropped them off.
1: Oh, my gosh. So
0: Idex came through. And we um, just kind of did that at the clinic. So, with the platform and everything kind of starts with exposure, I got a call from Dr. Mike McFarlane, who is the U.S., the international representative for Zoetis. Yeah. So, he was like, okay, I want you to be on my podcast. Sure. So, I did a podcast. And we talked about it. He said, man, I might have an idea. It's okay. So, he calls me back and said, listen, can you do your vet for a day nationwide? I'm a country vet. I don't know nothing about that, but I said, yes, I can. Yeah, right? Sonny gave me the money to do it. So I went to Houston, Philly. And the cool thing about Philly was well, well I'm not gonna tell you Philly. That. I'm gonna tell, I went to Houston first. I called my friends from Ski. Uh I said, hey. I said, Dr. Blue, I need your hospital, bro. He said, What I just you just need, need your hospital. And so the little what I said. I said, <laughs> This is my idea. We need the event for a day. Can I do it? He said, Yes. I called another friend. Well, Dr. Ferguson mentored a guy. In um, Vegas, I didn't actually know him because Doctor Ferguson, a year behind me, he said the guy said yes. So we had two. So we went to a program and we met Kimba, who is over Perina. So we get Perina has a farm, a two and two hundred acre farm in St. Louis. Yeah. So they say sure, we'll come in. We'll let the kids do what they want. We'll show them the farm. We'll show them the animals. We'll show them what we do. Wow well, yeah. St. Louis Zoo said, You know, you're in St. <laughs> Louis. They hear about it. Yeah. We're going to let you the kids come to the zoo the next day. All this is taking care So we went to the zoo. We went to Miami, the Miami Zoo. We, we did it there. Yeah. And then, of course, our great governing body, the AVMA. <laughs> the AVMA said, We want to partner with you guys.
1: Okay. <laughs> what?
0: Yes. So we went to the Wilson Agricultural School and we actually did a vet for a day there with the AVMA. So mm-hmm. the AVMA kind of sponsored that one. They actually paid for everything. With this kids get stethoscopes, they get uh book bags with all the medical stuff they get to find out what it takes to become mm-hmm. a veterinarian. At this I think Mississippi State dean was at the one there. So the dean's come it's been a huge yeah. buy-in. And,
1: and, like, what grade kids are uh, we talking usually about? Usually we
0: try to do from about 12 to 15. So we kind of okay. catch them so that they learn exactly yeah. what it takes.
1: But they are they have the old, the maturity. They have kind the kind of, maturity, right. Yeah,
0: okay. And also, Auburn University, Auburn Vet School, they was like, look, we got some kids who graduated. So they have their own baccalaureate kind of program there. it's like, okay. And we was like Auburn, we would love to do it. We can't quite get to Auburn. They said we'll bring them to you. Oh my gosh! So Auburn Vet School brought some vet students first year, as well as kids who were in their program. So we did it a vet for a day for some older. The kids story at just gets wilder it and gets wilder, right? Wilder like, so hold on. So then today I just taught Texas A and M. We're going to do one there. <laughs> yeah. Cornell, we're going to do one there. Oh my gosh! So I mean, all this is grown out of a mop closet, and not only that, right? I just got a letter the first week of January. Zoet has doubled the money that we have. So now if we do one in a city and a kid cannot, because this is what happened. We do a lot of talks like from Good Man America to Rachel Ray and all these things. So we have this platform and his mom called in from North Carolina and she was like, well, what can I do to get my baby on there? I don't, I want her to do it. That's to tell you what. We're gonna be in Philly. So she came to mm-hmm. Philly. I said, I'm gonna pay your way to Philly and give you somewhere because Zoetis gave us his money. Yeah, yeah. So the opportunity. Zoetis was at the thing. So Zoetis Met the lady. And so when it went back into the meet, so now we'll be able to provide scholarships to get kids to the cities that we aren't. So now, not only we're going to do 20 cities, we're going to give scholarships to kids who aren't close. And all of this was born out of a mop closet.
1: I almost don't know what to do with this information. It's,
0: I mean, honestly, it. I feel like it's again, I thought I was going to be out of this in 17. Yeah. So it is like God was like, Hey, I'm going to give you this platform, yes. dude. I know you're going to do the right thing with it and I'm just going to keep letting them. And this is kind of where I'm at. So now, uh, Vet for a Day will be in Denver with AVMA. Okay. So AVMA just announced that, uh, you know, I think Hills is sponsoring it. and, you know, ironically, what?
1: Well, <laughs> it's just, it's beautiful. All it's, of it. I love it.
0: Hills is going to sponsor. So we're going, to, you know, veterinarians will get to see and go into the schools and mentor these kids because it's not really about, t or dr Ferguson and yeah. I, because we can't mentor every kid exactly but what it does when we go to these cities it allows the mentorship of the people who are there so we're just using this platform that disney gave us to get the kids there and you You're know literally the twi-
1: opening the doors into these communities yes it's beautiful like these are the things that when I hear these stories, I get all giddy inside, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, just tell me more <laughs> about
0: it." You know, I mean, that's just that's my story, mentorship, and how I'm trying to pay it forward. I'm, you know, I mean, so when people people see me, they're like, "Man, they," you know, I'm fortunate enough to be the face on TV, mm-hmm. for, you know, and I, I'm on TV, yes, but if you stop me or see me, I'm just. I'll count you keep the smile who is excited <laughs> about Venearmas.
1: And like that's what I felt. Like literally I had never met you a day in my life. And literally I was just like, hey, and you're like, come on over here and give me a hug. I was like, I don't know you yet, but okay. <laughs> exactly. And oh gosh, but this is the kind of story of like talking about what mentorship is at its core. It's literally saying, you know what, I've had these awesome opportunities. Whether you can fully provide like, like what you guys are able right. to do or not. But just the
0: small coming things.
1: alongside these people or these kids that are like, I have an interest in veterinary medicine or I am a vet student or I, I'm a new grad and I don't know what to do. Um, just whether it's holding their hand, literally just telling them you're doing a good job or asking them, how are you doing? Like these are different levels of mentorship sure. that people are, are missing out on. And I know as a veterinary student to, if I were to like, Hear about opportunities to have like a mentor like you, I'd have been like, phew, okay, everything's going to be all right. Because I, I've talked with so many of my friends who I graduated with, with right. they're on their second or third job because of mentorship, not because they're on to like a new opportunity, right. but because they had crappy mentorship. And that is something that. I, like, I want to try and fix as much as I can. Yes, and you can. Um, and so, like, in doing this podcast, just trying to show them, like, this is what good mentorship looks like. This is what you should look for. But. As you can tell, I'm extremely excited after that whole conversation. (laughs) and trying to calm myself down. But I, goodness, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this. And I know most people know who you are and where they can find information. But where would you point vet students and new grads and maybe some pre-vets to if they want to either reach out to you or just find out more about what you're doing?
0: So I am Dr. Bernard Hodges. I am a 97 graduate of uh, Tuskegee University. You can always IG, I guess. I try to check it as much as I can. But I'm Dr. Hodges underscore Critter Fixer Vet. You can always go to the Critter Fixer Vet for a day website, and you can, you know, there's a space for um. Actually, we you know, wherever we go, we are looking for you know people who want to mentor kids. So you know, you can do that, or you can always reach out to the lady who's kind of executive director. Her name is Corlese, so C O R L I C E, Corlese at gmail.com pretty simple corley's at com. if you email and kind of tell she'll kind of point you in the right direction but i'm just happy to be here and uh, thanks for allowing me to share my story
1: absolutely this conversation has been energizing it's been uplifting like honestly I have nothing else to really add to that. It's just amazing. Um, but for you guys who are listening, like you can find all these links in the show notes. Find out more about VetX International at vetexinternational.com Join the mentorship group there. Um, there's tons of mentors who want to help you out. But until next time, y'all, see ya. And that's a wrap on today's episode of That Vet Life Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, before you go, I have a quick request. Now, podcasts and communities, they grow the best and they grow the biggest when the members spread the word. So if you know someone who you think needs to hear this episode, or if you found value in this episode and want to share it, go ahead and share this with your friends. And also, don't forget to head over to vedexinternational.com and enroll in the Vedex community for free to get some free swag and many, many other amazing benefits. Also leaving a review of the show on iTunes would be greatly appreciated because again, it just helps get the word out. But until next time, y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode of That Bet Life.